twenty of Grace Harlowe's second year at Overton College by Jessie Graham Flower. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty: A Welcome Guest. The meeting in the library the next day, followed by a social session at Vinton's, resulted in the enthusiastic organization of the society proposed by Grace. As had been suggested, every girl had brought with her a slip of paper on which was written the name she had selected for the society. Arlene collected the names and read each one in turn to the assembled girls. "'Which one do you like best?' she asked, looking from one to another of her friends. "'The first one,' said Miriam Nesbit. "'So do I,' echoed half a dozen voices. "'Semper Fidelis,' repeated Grace musingly. "'I like the sound of that, too. Who proposed that name?' I did, admitted Emma Dean. I thought it might stand for our motto as well. It means always faithful, you know. That applies to us, doesn't it? Of course we shall be always faithful to our cause, declared Grace. All those in favour of the name Semper Fidelis, please manifest it by holding up their right hands. Twelve right hands were raised simultaneously. That settles it, stated Grace. From now on we are the Semper Fidelis girls. Let us lose no time in leaving the sacred precincts of the library for Vinton's. We can make more noise there. After the second Sunday all around had been disposed of, the society settled down to business. It was decided that the club should be a purely social affair. Arlene was chosen for president, Grace for vice-president, and Gertrude Wells as secretary and treasurer. There was to be no special day set aside for meetings. A meeting might be called at any time at the united request of three members. The sole object of the club was to extend a helping hand to the young women who were making praiseworthy efforts to put themselves through college. The foremost duty of the society would be to ascertain the names of these girls and offer them pecuniary assistance. Arlene had written her father for the promised check for five hundred dollars, which would be deposited in the bank in Gertrude Wells's name as soon as it arrived. I might as well tell you now that I wrote and asked Pa for a check in spite of what Grace said, confessed Elfreda rather sheepishly. I might as well confess that I mentioned the club idea to Mother, said Miriam. I didn't ask her for her check, but I wouldn't be astonished if she sent one in her next letter. You two girls are traitors to the cause, laughed Grace. Perhaps you will be disappointed. I won't, asserted Elfreda boldly. Pa might as well help us as anyone else. I told him so. The important question is what can we do to earn money for our cause? asked Grace. We might give a play, said Miriam Nesbit. Anne can star in it. I should like to have the Overton girl see her at her best. I don't wish to be seen at my best, protested Anne. I want the other girls to have a chance too. Why not give a vaudeville show? Grace and Miriam can dance. Elfreda can give imitations. There are plenty of things we can do. We'll advertise a show in all the campus houses, and each of us must pledge ourselves to sell a certain number of tickets. I think we would be allowed to use the music hall for the show, and if we could sell tickets enough to fill it even comfortably, it would mean quite a sum of money for our treasury. We might charge fifty cents for admittance, or if we think that is too much, we might put the price down to twenty-five cents. I think we'd better charge fifty cents, said Elfreda shrewdly. Be as easy for those who come to pay fifty cents as to pay twenty-five. We might as well have the other quarter as Vinton's or Martell's. Elfreda, you are a brilliant and valuable condition to this society, commended Arline. I agree with you. We are likely to reap almost as many half-dollars as quarters. We might give an act from one of Shakespeare's plays, remarked Gertrude Wells doubtfully. Still, I think it would be more fun 
just have stunts. Those of us who know any ought to be willing to come forward and do them. We can ask some of the upper-class girls to help. Beatrice Alden sings. So does Frances Marlton. Mabel Ashe can do almost any kind of fancy dancing. There's plenty of talent in college. The Junior Glee Club will sing for us, I'm sure. We can make it a regular vaudeville entertainment and have posters announcing each number. We can have two girls costumed as pages to bring out and remove the posters announcing the numbers. That's a good idea, approved Arline. I could sing baby and little girl songs and dance a little. I might sing one to fill in. You are engaged to sing one the first time you come to see me, laughed Grace. Here is talent of which we never dreamed. I knew you could sing, but you never before confessed to being a real song and dance artist. We shall have all headliners in our show, as the billboard advertisements beautifully put it, commented Miriam. I wish Eleanor were here, don't you, Grace? Then Anne could recite Enoch Arden. Who is Eleanor, and why can't Anne recite Enoch Arden without her? were Elsie Wilton's curious inquiries. The Eleanor we speak of is in Italy studying music, or was the last time we heard from her. She used to live in Oakdale, and is one of our dearest friends. She arranged music to be played during Anne's recital of Enoch Arden. They gave it a concert at home, and it was a tremendous success. I wish she were to be here to our show, then, said Arline plaintively. We would feature her. What's her other name? Savelli, replied Grace quickly. Eleanor Savelli, the famous Italian pianist, announced Arline, bowing to an imaginary audience. Her name is the same as that of Savelli the great virtuoso, isn't it? Here's her father, said Grace simply. A little murmur of astonishment went up. Oh, if she had only come to Overton instead of going to Italy, sighed Elizabeth Wade. I heard Savelli play at a concert three years ago. I shall never forget him. We were awfully disappointed, interposed Miriam. Eleanor's father was to tour America this winter, but changed his mind. There was talk for spring tour, but we haven't heard from Eleanor for over a month, so we don't know whether there is any possibility of his sailing for America. If he did come to this country, Eleanor would be sure to accompany him. She has promised us that. There is no use in wishing for the impossible children, said Emma Dean briskly, rising from the table and beginning to put on her coat. There's also no use in being late for dinner, in spite of this bondious repast. She indicated the empty Sunday glasses. I yearn for Mrs. Elwood's simple but infinitely more satisfying fare. It's almost six o'clock. Those that are going with me, hurry up. We must have another meeting within the next two or three days, declared Grace. Can all of you girls come to our room next Friday evening? In the meantime, we will arrange a program which will be brought before the club for approval at our next meeting. Don't any of you fail to be there? As the Wayne Hall girls flocked in the front door that night, Mrs. Elwood met them with, Miss Harlowe, there's a young lady in the living room waiting for you. She's been there almost an hour. For me? inquired Grace in surprise. I'll go in at once. An instant later, the girls heard a delighted little cry of, Eleanor, you dear thing! Then Grace sprang to the door, exclaiming, Girls, girls, come in here at once. You can never guess who is here. At the cry of Eleanor, Miriam and Anne, who were halfway upstairs, ran down again and into the living room. They were followed by Elfrida, who paused on the stairs, then turned and went slowly up to her room. Last year I wouldn't have known enough to go on about my business, she muttered as she walked stolidly into her room and sat down on the end of the couch. Ten minutes later Miriam burst into the room with, Come downstairs, Elfrida. Don't you want to meet Eleanor? 
"'You know you have said so ever so many times. "'She's very anxious to meet you.' "'Of course I want to meet her,' returned Elfreda with a short, embarrassed laugh. "'This room is a place for me, though, until you are ready to introduce me. "'Are you sure you want me to go downstairs?' "'You funny girl,' laughed Miriam. "'Of course we want you. "'We've just been telling Eleanor about you. "'She hasn't time to come upstairs now, "'for her father is waiting for her at the terrain. "'He's going back to New York City tonight. "'Has a concert tomorrow. "'Grace, Anne and I are going to dine with them. "'I'm sorry I can't take you along, "'but perhaps he will come again to Overton. "'Eleanor's going to stay a week longer "'if we can coax her to remain. "'She's travelling with her father.' We must hurry downstairs, for Eleanor is to meet her father at half-past six o'clock, and it is quarter-past now. Elfreda shook hands with Eleanor almost timidly. She was deeply impressed with the latter's exquisite beauty. "'So this is Elfreda,' smiled Eleanor, patting the stout girl's hand. "'I have learned to know you through the letters my friends have written me. I feel as though you were an old friend.' "'It's awfully nice for you to say so,' murmured Elfreda, her eyes shining with pleasure. "'Won't you go with us to the terrain?' asked Eleanor sweetly. "'I would like to have you meet my father.' "'Thank you,' almost gasped Elfreda. "'I'd love to meet him, but I think—' "'Never mind thinking,' interrupted Eleanor gaily. "'Just hurry into your wraps and come along. We'll wait for you.' "'That's sweet in you, Eleanor,' said Grace in a low tone as Elfreda ran upstairs. "'She was wild to go with us. She has worshipped you ever since we showed her your picture.' She has heard your father play, too, and considers him the greatest violinist living. I suspected she wished to be included in the invitation, smiled Eleanor. I imagine I am going to like her very much. Guido Savelli had engaged a private dining room at the terrain for his young guests. He welcomed them with true Latin enthusiasm, and to see him seated at the head of the table, one would never have suspected him to be the moody, temperamental genius whose playing had made him famous in two continents. When the time came to leave the hotel for the train, it was escorted to the station by an admiring bodyguard of five young women. "'Remember you have promised to visit Overton again before you leave New York,' reminded Grace as he walked down the station platform between Grace and Eleanor. "'He will,' declared Eleanor. "'I shall make him come back to Overton for me. "'Good-bye, father. Take care of yourself. Remember to go for your walk every day, won't you?' "'He's the nicest father,' she said softly as the little group turned to leave the station after the train had gone. "'Now take me to your house and let us have an old-fashioned gossip. I have so much to tell you, and I want to hear about Overton.' A happy party gathered in Grace's room that night for an old-time talk about Oakdale. Elfreda was the only outsider present. For her benefit the story of the stolen class money and its timely recovery by Grace and Eleanor, as related in Grace Harlowe's senior year at high school, was retold, as well as many other eventful happenings of their high school life. At a quarter to ten o'clock the four girls escorted Eleanor to the terrain, returning just inside the half-past ten o'clock limit. "'Well, what do you think of Eleanor, Elfreda?' asked Grace, stopping for a moment outside the room shared by Miriam and Elfreda before going to her own. "'Don't ask me,' rejoined Elfreda fervently. "'I can't thank you girls enough for the good time I've had tonight. "'To want to say that if there's anything I can do for any of you, "'just count on J. Elfreda Briggs to do it.' "'It isn't necessary for you to tell us that, Elfreda,' said Anne. "'We know that you are true blue, and so does Eleanor. "'Does she really like me?' asked Elfreda eagerly. "'She likes you very much,' interposed Grace. "'She said so.' "'Now I'm going to give a luncheon for her tomorrow afternoon at Vinton's,' declared Elfreda with shining eyes. "'I wanted to suggest it tonight, but I was afraid she might not care to come.' "'Couldn't you see that she liked you?' teased Miriam. 
No, I couldn't. There are lots of things I can't see. One of them is why you girls ever went to so much trouble to make me see. Good night. Casting one glance of love and loyalty toward her friends, Elfreda vanished into her room, and wise Miriam took care not to enter the room until the stout girl's moment of self-communion had passed. End of chapter 20 Recording by Ashley Jane